Welcome to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast with Sakar Kali. During this program, you will hear guest experts sharing their experiences, best practices, and market insights. We discuss investing in multifamily apartment complexes and how a busy professional can passively invest hassle-free in various opportunities. Your host, Sakar Kali, owns millions of dollars of assets and has done thousands of value-add projects over 20 years now. So listen in for insights. Here's your host, Sakar Kauli. Welcome to another edition of Premium Cashflow Podcast. Uh, today, I have a very knowledgeable guest, uh, Mr. Bruce Mack with Platinum Trust Group. Welcome to the show, Bruce. I appreciate your taking time today. Well, Sakar, thank you so much. And- it's, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. So Bruce is a licensed uh, financial advisor with Platinum Trust Group. Uh, he is a very well-known, nationally acclaimed uh, speaker. He has shared stage with uh, the big who's who, Mr. Donald Trump, Mr. Al Gore, uh, and some of the very known national experts. He has a veteran background. He's a uh, financial licensed CPA. He has done active real estate for a uh, decades. He has done and flipped over 160 properties and has been involved in uh, almost 100 million worth of uh, active real estate transactions. Uh, So boy, it's a pleasure, Bruce. It's a dynamic uh, and a dynamite uh, resume. I appreciate you taking time. Uh, Give our listeners, Bruce, uh, some background in your own words as to how you got started and now you're with Platinum Trust Group, how you kind of came about uh, with your immense success. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, again, such a pleasure to be on your, on your show today. Uh, I got started, I guess, way back when. I've always kind of had an entrepreneurial uh, spirit. When I was eight years old, I, uh, I got started in, in business. You know, you know, they always say you find... A, a need and you fulfill it and you can create a successful uh, uh, successful market. So the need that we had in our market was to, to get rid of all the dog poop on the neighbor's lawn. So, so I, 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 I created a dog duty service and I charged a full 25 cents per, per client. And before I knew it, I had a very large market share and that was the beginning. The beginning, no kidding. Wow. the beginning of my of my working history when I was went like I said when I was eight years old. Interesting. Spin things forward. I was a corporate executive recruiter for around twenty uh, years. Had several offices and in the financial services arena, uh, as a banker, uh, I, I was responsible for uh, roughly one hundred and fifty people uh, in the merchant acquiring services area for one of the nation's largest banks. Uh, and then I decided, you know, it's really time for me to go out on my own, to work with people one-on-one, and to be able to help them to be able to realize their financial goals and dreams so I could mm-hmm. quite literally change their financial future because that's, that impacts me when I'm able to serve and help them. Uh, we created a uh, licensed and bonded credit repair company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tied that into our value proposition of helping people out who were in financial distress uh, when I was living in Las Vegas, where we bought 
uh, was able to buy, rehab, and sell over 160 properties, saving people from uh, completed foreclosure, giving them relocation assistance, giving them credit repair, and helping them get their lives back underneath them so that they could move forward. Interesting. Uh, was that, Bruce, the, the time after the 08 uh, sort of the crash and a lot of people were needing, uh, you know, whether short sale assistance, mortgage assistance, and, uh, you know, working with banks and things. Was that the crucial uh, uh, 2009 through 2012 period? Was that, was this, that the... This is actually... Um, uh, in the 04 through 09, 010 area. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really that in that, that, in that span of time. I and, see. Mm -hmm. And I was also working uh, as a licensed financial advisor mm -hmm. uh, with people, uh, advising them on uh, different ways to protect themselves so that mm -hmm. they didn't end up like so many of the clients that I had that had gotten uh, lawsuits, had had bad things happen to them and unfortunately ended up where they were uh, in deep financial, what I call chem chi. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, tell us about, you know, how you decided to pursue a financial advisor certification, Bruce, and how's that important and closely correlated to um, how you serve clients uh, from a, uh, financial structuring, restructuring, or uh, different things uh, or strategies that you have. How does that come into play? Could you maybe help us understand that uh, why a, uh, you know, like a CFA certification and how closely that license is tied to helping the clients? Well, as a licensed financial advisor, I work with people now on a daily basis. I've actually got licensed way back in the 90s. And I've tried to incorporate with all of my uh, relationships, uh, the ability to advise and help uh, people to be able to help them with their, uh, uh, their present financial situation so that they had a better future financial situation. Mm -hmm. I was doing that uh, and had done that successfully with all the people that I helped that were in pre-foreclosure. And then we started to really move away from that model when I moved back to Los Angeles uh, and started to work with people in the trust arena, getting them set up so that they had their, their uh, entrepreneurial selves, whether they're dentists, doctors, lawyers, what have you, or real estate investors, which is a very large segment of the folks that we work with, mm -hmm. to be able to protect them from an asset protection standpoint and to also work with them from a tax mitigation standpoint so that they were on an annualized basis paying as little as possible and sure. saving them tons of money on, on that uh, particular uh, piece of the equation, along with giving them the absolute assurance that they could not get uh, leaned or have a lien or a judgment affixed to them where they would be paying out of pocket and end up financially devastated after creating uh, and the underpinnings of great wealth and or their startups. So sure. that's what we do today is work with entrepreneurs, helping them uh, and giving them the absolute asset protection that they need and the tax mitigation strategies relative to the trust mechanism that we've got, which is a proprietary and copyrighted trust. We actually have 28 copyrights <laughs> on the trust and we've gotten the trust copyrights going back to 1996. We have 31,000 clients 
We have over a 20 year track record. I even have uh, uh, people who are uh, enrolled agents with the uh, IRS that work with us with the proprietary uh, trust. And it's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience to work with uh, folks and helping them get their, uh, if you will, get their, their entity structuring properly, uh, getting them out of the LLCs, which don't provide the asset protection that, sure, they, sure. Mm -hmm. that it does, and getting them into the trust mechanism, which is the ultimate environment to protect them. Just like it says in, in my uh, book that's coming out in the next several months, The Kennedy Equation, which sure. talks about how the Kennedys, the Rockefellers, and uh, the Carnegies were able to create generational wealth and not have to worry about being sued because they were insulated against uh, liens and judgments coming after them and and taking down their empires so that they could focus on money and wealth building strategies to be the entrepreneurs that they got to be. And we take that, distill it down, and show people how using that trust mechanism can take their, their today, uh, mid-America, uh, for everyone, uh, utilization of taking a trust and implementing it for their financial future. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. There is, you know, so much uh, that you said and so much to like, you know, uh, unpack. And there are a lot of good nuggets you talked about, you know, asset protection, how you structure your trust. Uh, let's just take it step by step, uh, Bruce. Like for someone who doesn't understand or has, haven't, hasn't seen the details uh, in between, you know, how the assets have to be properly structured and protected so that, uh, you know, like, as we all know, like there are a lot of lawyers and bad actors out there uh, pretty much snoofing to kind of see where they can, you know, find someone, uh, you know, whether into a negligence or, uh, you know, just trying to lure somebody into a lawsuit of sorts, right? Uh, and we, we all have seen it in the news and, uh, you know, media, newspapers, uh, you know, all kinds of outrageous headlines, right? So help, help us understand that why asset protection, especially for, you know, larger real estate investors who have uh, multiple properties and multiple, you know, so much of exposure out there, help us understand how does, uh, you know, why asset protection? And, and perhaps sometimes I feel that a nice way to look at it also is that look at some of the bad cases uh, or the case precedents, as we say, it, right, that may have happened. And sometimes that acts as a lesson that, hey, such and such thing happened to someone. And hence, it is, uh, you know, advisable to use some of these strategies. So give us some examples, give us some idea as to, you know, how asset protection has to be structured properly within as you're organizing your business? Very good question. Thank you so much. So let's start with the fact that C's, LLC's, and S's, plain and simple, though you may think so, they really don't protect you. And the sure. fact is when we work as solopreneurs and are member managed uh, on our LLCs or partners, uh, because it's you and your wife or you and a, and a business partner, you still have what's called a closely held entity. And sure. one of the easiest ways to be able to uh, pierce the corporate veil, and there are several different ways to do that, but one of the easiest ways is to allocate uh, uh, alter ego, which can be easily proven mm -hmm. because 
when you have that closely held entity instead of 50, 100, 500 people, mm -hmm. it's easy to prove, allege and prove, the fact that you are operating, well, like you're a puppeteer. And mm -hmm. like you're the puppet that you are being the puppeteer to is you. And you're pulling the strings, uh, telling yourself what to do, and therefore you've really created a facade uh, for controlling the shareholders, which again is you, and mm -hmm. therefore it's an easy argument, let alone uh, the ability to uh, bust a, a, a into a LLC, a C or an S, utilizing uh, the, the fact that you have not exercised the proper corporate governance. Mm -hmm. We find that roughly 50% of the cases that allege uh, that the person has not kept the right corporate governance, having the right meetings, the right minutes, the right the right uh, uh, payment to the entities at the right times. Those can also be broken into. And once you pierce the corporate veil, of course, any and all assets can be gotten. Another unfortunate mm -hmm. misnomer is the fact that people think that if I have one LLC for each property, I'm safe. I'm here to tell you, I can cite case after case after case where they've gotten one and therefore they've been able to get all LLCs. Wow. So hmm. LLCs by the very nature of what they are. I mean, I have one, uh, unfortunate, they're not a client of mine, but they're a hmm. client. They're, they're, they're somebody that I know that they are now. They, um, they had 140 properties and two commercial buildings. Mm -hmm. They ended up losing all of them. And many of those were in separate LLCs. So this wow. notion of one LLC mm -hmm. what, uh, uh, for one property, I'm going to be safe. Worst I'm going to lose is one LLC. Well, first of all, that's nuts because why would you want to lose one LLC, <laughs> one, LLC, sure, sure. one so, property, uh, which could be hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equity. Right, so right. Mm -hmm. with a trust, this cannot, will not, and does not happen. It's an absolute, that's why we call it absolute asset protection by implementing the right type of trust structure, mm -hmm. which is the type of structure that we've got. And Lord knows there's many, many different types of trusts out there for many different types of reasons with many different types of structures. But the type that we've got absolutely assures our clients of absolute asset protection. Sure. And we'll get to, uh, you know, learning the details about your tr uh, trust structure and what the advantages are, Bruce. I'd like to know, uh, you mentioned the best practices, the meeting minutes, uh, and different notes that you have to keep on an ongoing basis, right? Uh, a lot of listeners of our podcast are you know, extremely busy professionals. Uh, sometimes they are passive investors many times, or even the active syndicators and real estate investors, right? Uh, in your opinion, uh, what are some of the things you can advise us uh, from a operations perspective from a best practices perspective as to what things like investors especially should record on a probably a daily monthly or quarterly basis so that these these unfortunate occurrences that you said will not happen or even if certain inquiries come to come to fore we can produce uh, some of that uh, data and the ledgers. Uh, could you maybe uh, give us some pointers regarding that? Sure. Um, well, here's one. One of the common uh, mistakes that investors make and or other uh, business entrepreneurs make is they'll utilize their credit card statements 
for their backup mm -hmm. uh, for uh, uh, filing their taxes. And unfortunately, if they were to get themselves into an audit, all of that could be thrown out and therefore mm -hmm. all the expenses could be disallowed. Now we wow. have to have a, a system that we work with and that's one of the things that uh, uh, we give to our clients that automatically uh, creates uh, daily, weekly, annual reports so that you can take a picture of the receipt and it paginates it to the cloud and it mm -hmm. automatically does the classification process. So if ever you were in an audit, you'd be uh, assured to be able to win that audit. Not only that, there's another component to it that automatically tracks mileage through a GPS uh, application that we've integrated with this particular system. Mm -hmm. So imagine that you're leaving your house and you're going to see a seller or a buyer at mm -hmm. a property. You just click a button, you make a, 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 a audio append, and then that automatically begins at 15 miles an hour to track your exact route. So again, you have an absolute audit proof uh, scenario where you cannot and or will not get called on the carpet because your records are in perfect shape and the be having good records is key. Also, Absolutely. one thing I, I do want to say that with a trust versus an LLC, a C or an S, uh, all those records that we were talking about, the meetings, the minutes, and all the corporate governance that you have to have and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, the tax returns that you need to have for each LLC, not only is it mind-numbing, but it's mm -hmm. also extremely expensive, especially mm -hmm. if you're in California. It's $830 per, per, uh, to the Franchise Tax Board for each uh, LLC and usually about a thousand bucks to do, regardless of where you are, to do a business return for each LLC. Right. One of the great things about the trust is there are no annual filing requirements or fees or ongoing uh, uh, types of requirements that have to be fulfilled on, on a daily, weekly, and or annualized basis. So it streamlines the whole event, it simplifies the whole event, it makes it a much easier uh, way to contend and to administer and administrate over your entire portfolio. Right, thank you. Thank you for all that detail, uh, Bruce. Now, uh, explain us, uh, Bruce, you, as you alluded to that, your company owns a uh, you know, proprietary copyrighted uh, uh, trust, right? Yes. Uh, so let's maybe dive into some of the basics of the trust as to what are the different types that are available and then perhaps uh, how your uh, copyrighted uh, trust is uh, sort of different and provides all the benefits uh, that perhaps may not be available with other trusts. Could you maybe help us uh, uh, gain some understanding into that? Sure. Well, having been involved with trusts for well over two decades, I can speak with impunity and with a high degree of knowledge and having seen quite literally hundreds and hundreds of trusts and having staff that's on a board that uh, we have legal people and this is what they do. They research what's out there and, sure. mm -hmm. and have become uh, quite proficient at knowing what they're, what's out there and what's not out there and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. One of the key differences that I've seen with our trust is not only do we offer absolute asset protection that most trusts don't and the trust that most people do have is what's called a living trust. And mm -hmm. as, it, as it suggests, it is a grantor mm -hmm. uh, revocable trust, 
And it's the basic trust that, again, most, most people have if they have a trust. And it only is good for two things. Number one, for being able to avoid probate. And number two, for naming who the beneficiaries are. And if that was the intent for the trust, great, because it's fulfilled with that promise. But sure. now let me let, let me interject, Bruce. Oh, that you said something there that uh, grantor revocable trust. Yes. Right. Uh, could you maybe help us understand what what that means? And also, uh, you brought up probate. You know, uh, you know, help us. Uh, you know, understand the probate side of things as to why trust should be there and why you want to avoid probate. Uh, give us some preliminary basics on, on those few terms there. Sure. So uh, let's talk about uh, probate for a second. Sure. Mm -hmm. A reason that that, that, that basic trust uh, that so many people have it is first of all, it is, it, it is an entry level trust and mm -hmm. does uh, uh, give people the ability to avoid probate. If you don't have uh, a, a living trust, you will invariably, your estate will go into probate. And when it goes into probate, it could be tied up for, uh, it could be tied up quite literally for years. Probate is something that you're going to, that, that estates get headed for if they do not have uh, a, a, at the very least, a living trust. And probates uh, can go on for years and years. I actually, my, my aunt uh, had an estate. I got a few thousand dollars. And unfortunately, that that estate uh, was in probate for 15 years. The other problem with a uh, with a probate is, is that there will need to be a trustee uh, named, and that trustee to get paid uh, uh, takes a portion of the actual proceeds of the estate. Oftentimes, it can be 10 or more percent. So not only are you losing your estate value, but mm -hmm. you're also losing time and getting distribution to the people who you wanted to get the distribution to. Um, so one of the things that we've incorporated in our proprietary trust is the fact uh, that you are never gonna, because of the way it's set up, you're never gonna have to uh, be worried about and or go to probate. Now you also asked a question about grantor versus non-grantor. Sure. Um, Self-settled trusts are grantor trusts by the very nature of what they are. And mm -hmm. being is that they are uh, self-settled trusts, uh, they cannot, A, and will not have the ability to uh, have tax mitigation uh, because that re there is a requirement that uh, self-settled trusts uh, file and settle their taxes at the estate tax level mm -hmm. uh, on an annual basis. So mm -hmm. that's one thing. Also, the difference between grantor and, and, and non-grantor uh, relative to our trusts and most trusts that are out there, um, when you get into a grantor trust, you cannot invoke the, uh, the irrevocability and spendthrift provisions, which are other provisions that can create uh, an extremely strong bond for getting absolute asset protection. So mm -hmm. again, our trust is not one component, it's a multi-componented trust, uh, but non-grantor versus grantor means that the, that the individual is doing, is the grantor themselves, therefore it becomes self-settled and therefore uh, it it's, does not and cannot provide asset uh, protection.
and let alone uh, potential tax mitigation. Sure. So th thank you. Thank you, Bruce. And you've been kind enough, Bruce, to uh, help us with a webinar talking about a lot more in-depth details with your trust. So I'm hoping the viewers can take advantage of that upcoming webinar. We are hopefully uh, with a short few weeks away, depending on the schedule, depending on your schedule, that we will host that webinar where we'll delve into the, uh, the copyrights, the salient benefits of your uh, trust. Uh, give us some, uh, for starters, Bruce, that uh, what are so significant benefits of your trust that you were, uh, you know, sort of inspired and motivated to, and you have devoted so many uh, hours and efforts to get this thing established. And you also alluded to uh, at the start saying that you are working with various IRS agents as well uh, on the different ends of this trust as well. Uh, give us some, uh, for starters, give us some background as to how this came about. Well, the trust came about way back in 1996. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a derivative and we use some of the um, foundations and the building blocks of the Dynasty Trust and the Dynasty Trust is the trust that the Kennedys have, mm -hmm. uh, have had from a generational standpoint. And where our trust really uh, uh, diverges, if you will, from all other trusts that I've seen is there are other trusts that can afford and do provide for some uh, asset protection. And some, mm -hmm. of, some of them are certainly better than others. And not only do we have asset protection as one of the key precepts of the trust, but we also have a tax mitigation component pursuant to 643 of the IRS tax code, uh, which is unlike anything else that I've seen in all the trusts that I've reviewed over the years. And other trusts can't have it, again, because of the proprietary way that we put it together where we enjoy those 58 copyrights. So what are we talking about? Well, we're first of all talking about the ability to defer in perpetuity, to defer in perpetuity all rent and lease income so if you are a real estate investor and you've got rents and lease uh, monies mm -hmm. coming in, we get a tax deferral in perpetuity on that and eliminate all capital gains, whether it's short or long-term capital gains. Wow. Incredible too. Unbelievable. <laughs> this way there's no 1031 exchanges ever needed because a 1031 exchange, of course, you're gonna get a bigger tax bill when you sell that last property and you wanna cash out and maybe go to Mexico and, and uh, sip pina coladas on the beach. So this is, this is huge. Now, the, if people have W-2 income as a portion mm -hmm. uh, of their uh, earnings, which sure. we have a lot of real estate investors who also have a day job, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. That W-2 income portion we cannot do any mitigation with. So, and or if somebody's strictly a W-2 uh, income earner, uh, then the tax mitigation component and the deferral component does not apply. But for real estate investors, which have all of their income is considered to be passive income, whether it's leasing sure. rental mm -hmm. or whether it's long or short-term capital gains, we can be a huge uh, of a huge benefit for that person with the tax deferral component. And this is also great for people who own businesses who have active income. Mm 
So let's say you own a car wash, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're whatever you are, and, or you've got a brick and mortar, maybe an internet business, that's all considered to be active income. Again, we can get those types of businesses and consistently uh, those types of businesses when we get them set up, receive excellent tax uh, deferred uh, uh, capabilities with their uh, trust once it's set up. That's that's extremely powerful, Bruce. That I have never heard of the, such a thing where you are, I think, deferring your rental income. Uh, and because we work so hard to make sure, you know, we are like accounting for all the details of depreciation, we can write off as much as we can. But sounds like if the properties are structured within your trust, you are inherently enjoying those benefits and differing that um, wow i mean uh, could you help us like uh, give us some details around that bruce as to sure. how it works i mean you know like you just said that all the re uh, uh, rental income leases and even the capital gains uh, uh, also you can uh, defer give us some uh, a bit, bit more details on that please well with real estate investors, and that also transcends into uh, stock market investors, and uh, passive income is passive income, whether sure. it's Forex, whether it's metals, Bitcoin, uh, whether it's a stock portfolio, whatever, mm -hmm. they, it's all lumped into that same basket. If you're not doing something actively to, to, to generate income, and it's coming to you passively, then sure. it's all passive income. It would mm -hmm. need a singular trust, and we are, Generally, on an annualized basis, our clients are receiving uh, versus their old way, I'll, I'll, I'll say it that way, versus mm -hmm. the old way, they're seeing usually a 95 to 97% reduction on their annual tax commitment, which is wow. huge because the rest of it becomes deferred out in perpetuity. Now, if they have an active business, mm -hmm. then they will need a two- uh, trust business uh, uh, structure mm -hmm. where they would have a business trust and they would have a, uh, a beneficial trust. And on the business trust portion uh, of their income, let's just say they are strictly a dentist. Mm -hmm. That business trust, they're going to see about a 78 to 80 percent uh, deferral on, on their income. However, we have many, many uh, dentists or people with active income businesses that also have a passive income uh, that they receive from their stock market investor uh, activity or real estate investment sure. activities, mm -hmm. in which case they still get the 95 and 97 on those activities as well. So it's wow. a incredible, incredible savings uh, for the person on an annualized basis because we're kicking that tax can down the road, usually 100, 200, 300 or more years, and it will not affect any of the beneficiaries and or the beneficiaries' heirs, they will not have the tax responsibility either. So does that, upon uh, death, Bruce, does that uh, like basically extinguish the tax liability because no. uh, a deferment is different than uh, a sort of forgiveness of sorts, right? So. Uh, I mean, how, do, how does that work? Like how long can you defer? And let's say if the, uh, uh, you know, if the owner of the trust pa passes away, does that uh, liability that's basically deferred, does that 
kind of uh, go on to beneficiaries or uh, help us understand some of those aspects? Sure. As I stated earlier, the way that the trust is written is that the taxes are deferred in perpetuity. So we need to understand what the laws of perpetuity uh, state. And they basically state, I'm going to, to, to um, how can I say, simplify it. Uh, mm -hmm. Talks about life and being, but basically uh, the owner of the trust, which invariably is going to be the uh, trustee, which is invariably uh, the client, right? Mm -hmm. The initial client, they've passed away. Their spouse has passed away. Their beneficiaries have passed away, which are usually their kids, right? And their beneficiaries' heirs have passed away. And then there's a period of 21 years that goes by, and then the trust distributes. So again, this could be 100, 200, 300 years from now, because when we take and we apply uh, real life to it, well, when the mom and the dad pass away, and then the kids become the contingent trustees and they have kids and those kids become beneficiaries and so on and so forth you can see that this rolls forward and keeps going on and it's truly what we call a generational trust by design and when it does distribute nobody that's ever associated with the trust from a family tree standpoint directly or even indirectly would have the responsibility of if there are any uh, taxes that have accrued that uh, that are that would be uh, due and payable at the time that the trust distributes, and that of course was it was done uh, uh, by design when the trust was created, and it's it's very interesting, really, really brilliant. Yeah, I know. I mean, I I mean, I appreciate your time, uh, Bruce, because and you have also candidly agreed to do a detailed webinar on this, so. Um, I want to encourage viewers to look out for, uh, you know, the notifications and the marketing around this webinar. And I'm, I'm excited to, you know, kind of host you. And uh, also, I want to thank you that um, you have also agreed to, um, you know, prepare a lot more detailed notes and give viewers the a slide deck around this so that they can take some advantages as well. And I know Bruce, uh, you stated that you your company also does some creative lending uh, other than some of these practices. Uh, could you maybe give us some uh, examples uh, about you know what sort of lending you do and how you help investors? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I wanna tell you, uh, when we first jumped on, uh, right before we started the podcast, you sure. asked me, uh, would I be amenable to coming back in a couple of weeks and doing a really roll up your shirt sleeves workshop where, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> where I jump into, into great detail and go through uh, and have slides prepared to show the, how, the, how, the, uh, uh, how the trust works in greater detail, which I, I'm delighted to do and I look forward to doing. And I think it'll be a ton of fun and I'll get a lot of great information out there for your listeners and also because we're giving them a heads up today, they'll be able to prepare to be able to watch the video portion, not Absolutely. just the audio portion, because there's a lot better absorption rate that way. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And then secondly, to answer your question about our, uh, uh, what else we do, we have another division. We actually have two companies. One is Platinum Trust Group, which you can find us at, and there's some information there too at PlatinumTrustGroup.com. PlatinumTrustGroup.com, and the other division is our 
Platinum Financing Group, which can be found at PlatinumFinancingGroup.com. Both companies are rated by the BBB. We have an A-plus rating. We've never uh, had any complaints. Uh, so knock on, knock on wood, we, we will keep it that way on a going forward basis. Our financing company does work to try and evoke creative financing solutions for people. We have startup capital. We have capital uh, infusion for existing businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have a number of different programs. One of our premier programs is our 0%, let me say that again, 0% APR program for up to 21 months. That's, that's been a huge success wow. uh, for our, for our uh, clients. We also have private money investors and hard money, uh, hard money lending. So whether you're uh, doing SFRs, single family mm -hmm. residences sure. or multifamily or commercial, mm -hmm. we invariably, if there's a solution out there, we've got that solution and we're delighted to talk to you about it to see how we can get you funded for your next project and or next business idea. Uh, I'd, I'd love to, you know, dig into those topics. It's just that we are out of time, uh, Bruce. And I would request that if, if on our webinar, if you can maybe spend uh, 10 more minutes, uh, you know, giving us some uh, financing solutions as to how you help various investors as well, because I think 0% APR for 21 months is extremely lucrative where I can see that a lot of flippers or retail projects that uh, investors execute, they sometimes need uh, six months to a year at, at the most, uh, you know, but if someone is offering you uh, 21 months, boy, I mean, does that open a lot more possibilities for all our investors for sure, you know? So I, I appreciate your time uh, today, uh, Bruce. And as I encourage all the viewers uh, earlier, look out for the upcoming webinar. Uh, tell us, uh, tell our viewers, Bruce, how, um, how they can get in touch with you. Sure. Uh, and by the way, I will make sure, this is my promise to you, Sakar. I will make sure to make uh, to add in several more slides to the presentation that will cover uh, financing and we'll show you some of the separate programs. We've got a killer program for people who have IRAs or 401ks that beats the pants off of the standard uh, uh, self-directed. So you'll definitely, if you've got an IRA or 401k, wow. if it's in currently a self-directed environment, you know that you have very limited options because you can get uh, charged with doing uh, 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 self-dealing, which of course right. dramatically can blow up your whole your whole self-directed. We have a solution. We'll talk about that solution on that upcoming webinar. I'll add some slides in about that as well. I appreciate uh, that. Mm -hmm. As far as contact, uh, please feel free again to go to www.platinumtrust.com group.com tons in thank you i appreciate your time today bruce i look forward to learning more from you on the upcoming webinar it's been a pleasure and i think sharing your experience uh from decades and uh, having your innovative solutions uh does provide a lot of value to investors so it's been a lot of fun it's been my uh, pleasure to have you thank you for your time today thank you so much and look forward to the upcoming webinar thank you thank you bruce Thanks for listening to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please join us at premiumcashflow.com to sign up for weekly updates, 
research articles, and more. We will see you again for another great interview with an expert guest. Thank you.